Hey everyone, and welcome once again to That Vintage Lens Podcast. We're back after a relatively short amount of time. Yeah, we're pretty quick this time. Yeah, yeah, and we've actually got a very interesting topic today. The topic is why film photography may be bad for you creatively, which is completely contrary to a ton of other stuff that we've said, but we're going to get to that. Um, first off, I want to introduce um, a guest that we have spoken about uh, many times on the podcast. I feel like he's been he's been mentioned in every episode so oh, yeah. far. Oh, yeah. Pretty frequently. And that is Cody Hilliard. Who could it be? Cody Hilliard. That's <laughs> me. I'm, I'm the guy, Cody Finally Hilliard. Finally present. Finally yeah. present, yes. The, the man himself. Um, well, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's great to thanks be here. It's actually a very unique circumstance. Um, I've also got Daniel Gebbard with me here, and um, and I am Brandon Stanley, and we're we're actually on the road today. Um, we are all part of a film crew, and, and as a film crew, um, not making movies and all of that, but covering the news for um, this COVID-19 time. Yeah. So we are yeah. considered essential personnel and are... Um, out covering some of the uh, relief efforts that are, are being given to those who yep. are, you know, have suffered from COVID-19 or the effects thereof. So we're out on the road and we thought, why not do a podcast here? We're in Baltimore. It's the middle of April. So let's go ahead and do something. Yeah, a little pocket we're, episode. We're all together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's true. So we, we did discuss on the way um, the, the topic of, you know, why film photography might be bad for you creatively. And I want to get to that. But first, as always... Let's chat about what we've been doing recently, film photography-wise. So, Daniel, want to start us off? Sure. Yeah. So, I'm I'm back from being sick last time. So, I'm I'm happy to be back recording with the podcast and everything. It feels great. Um, I have been. So, I want to follow up something that was mentioned in the last episode. I wasn't there to to, to chat about this, and I feel like I, I I missed I missed my time. Like the timing was was just off. But I I wanted to just mention that. I have not been shooting Portra. And you guys talked about it a little bit on the last episode. Like, what is everyone's feelings on Portra and everything? Mm-hmm. Let's me know every time. I, I, I'm very vocal about it, I feel. And I, I just, you guys were like, oh, I think Daniel's shooting some Lomo. I think, I'm, I think I've decided. Yeah. I'm exclusively shooting Lomo for my color film this year. Interesting. Okay. I don't think I'm going, and I just want to clarify, I almost never shoot 35. These days, I'm almost exclusively shooting 120. Well, yeah, because you had a Pentax before, didn't I you? I did. And it, it was stolen. stolen. Yeah. I bought a Nikon it, to kind of like get back into 35 and like rejuvenate that, like spark the interest again. Which Nikon? The the N80. And N80. I, I like it. It's kind of like the, the little brother to the F100. Nice. Um, overseas, it was called the F80. It's a little bit plasticky. It's got a pop-up flash, but it's got a lot of pro features, autofocus, auto-wind, all that kind of good stuff. I think mm-hmm. it'll shoot... Three FPS, so you can do burst, all that kind of good stuff. Nice. So you can run your film out in twelve seconds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it almost scratched the edge. It it was very close. It's very fun to shoot with. Um, I just you know I'm just not happy with thirty five these days. I think one twenty with the scanning setup that I have now, it's just uh, one twenty is just where I'm at. So I'm going to be shooting a lot of Lomo color one hundred, four hundred, and eight hundred because every time I get those images back, I just and they have a ton of stocks, don't they? They have a fair amount, well, a, yeah. de- a decent amount, I guess. All, pretty much everything you'd need, a bunch of variety of black and white and color. Well, nice. back to the burst thing, you'd been doing some of those, like, GIF. Yeah. Uh, what, are, what are those called, exactly? I don't really know. It's just basically like a low FPS movie. I, I've, I've been experimenting with that a little bit. Yeah. And I have the Mia with the legendary 80mm 1.9. I think you have the same lens, Brandon. Oh, yeah. And... A little bit of like I stumbled upon a little bit of like research someone had done into 
what this lens has been used for in other aspects. Mm. And it turns out that a, basically a modified version of that lens was used on the Dark Knight because it oh. covers an IMAX film Im- image. Nice. So, shot in Chicago. Shot in Chicago. Oh, and yeah. And so I've been trying to experiment with a little bit of like making animations out of maybe shooting on film. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Just, just some other creative avenues in that. So. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And have you looked at, um, when you were talking about the, uh, you know, the little motion gifts that you're making yeah have you looked at the what is it the nashika um yeah the, the n8000 the, yeah, yeah 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 for those who don't know it's the it's got like what four or five it's lenses on four it? lenses four right lenses. next to each other yeah so it produces four half frame images right next to each other and essentially you stitch those together in photoshop or premiere or whatever i want to try make one a of those GIF. so bad yeah. yeah everything everything i read about i i follow grainy days and he did a review on it and basically said it's just only barely worth the hassle because yeah. it's mm, such yeah. a such a plasticky kind of it's a crappy very camera. niche thing yeah very, very so much cool. work um but mm-hmm. the, the results are undeniably cool and so oh, yeah. the animations is Although kind of it's like pretty much one result it's I true mean, it's yeah. true you get like one i mean i'm sure you can do a few different things with it but yeah like making a gif is what i think a lot of people would use it for at this right. point looks yeah. cool definitely when you've got like somebody jumping or like some kind of action that's happening yeah like water depth. especially yeah it looks really cool nice. so i don't know just like yeah similar to that some different ways you can use film to kind of make some motion and all that kind of stuff hmm. so nice cool cody what have you been up to shooting lately well i've kind of talked to daniel a little bit about this not you brandon but um over christmas i uh i kind of took a little bit of a hiatus and i didn't want to Wait, from photography in general from photography in general okay. I, I just wasn't inspired and i don't know if it was by social media coming across all these different kinds of uh, social media uh, posts and, and everything that's just all the same. Mm-hmm. Everything's all the same. And so I was tired of seeing the same old thing and it kind of got me in a rut. Hmm. So I took a hiatus. I shot a little bit before Christmas on my Nikon N90S, uh, which I think I have like a roll of T-Max in that still. It's hanging around. And I nice. think I have 17 shots. Um but then after that, I picked up the Holga again, and I threw in some Portrait 800 that I had laying around, and I shot some uh, just random stuff around the house. I shot an aloe plant. I shot my dog. Uh, just anything to kind of, kind of like pick up the camera again. And uh, yeah, it was nice, but this <laughs> thing's like a, a toy, and, and it's the Holga Toy 120. And yeah. so... You can just play around with it, get it wet. It doesn't it doesn't matter. I'm not mm-hmm. expecting anything out of it. Yeah. Uh, or with my Yashica A, it was like I'm picking up this mechanical object and I have to be precise with it where mm-hmm. this thing's just plastic and you just shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And you have that Holga with you, right? Yeah, it's right. Yeah, this thing right here and it's so light and plasticky. Nice. It's, it's, it's a real... It's really interesting going out and shooting with you, going on photo walks when you have the Holga because... It's so opposite to how I shoot with the Mamiya. Right. You're just like, I, did I advance this? I don't know. I might get a double exposure. And you just go with it. And it's like this yeah. very freeing, like, I, and let me just guesstimate this focus real quick. It feels <laughs> like, it it's, feels like it's, I'm it's really carrying cool. around a really great disposable camera. Yeah. That shoots six by six. Yeah. And so if I get something great out of it, I'm happy with it. Yeah. And so there's, and I, that's why I think I like this over shooting with the Yashica A's because when I'm shooting with the Holga, there's it feels like there's no restrictions. Like mm-hmm. I'm not tied down to one shot. Mm-hmm. Where 
kind of how we were talking about earlier, a little bit about digital. I know we'll get into this, but where I don't feel like I'm restrained to like one angle. I can just like continually shift around and take photos. It just doesn't matter. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm I'm curious how that would affect, um, like how you approach like the post image, like when you when you get the scans back or or whatnot. Like, do you? I imagine it would probably lower your expectations for like what you're gonna get when you like develop your negatives and and look at your scans and like, Mm. oh, this didn't turn out. Oh well, move on. You know, whereas if you put a lot of time and effort into it or like really cared, but I think that's kind of a, the uniqueness to a right. photo like that yeah is is that it's not always going to turn out right and letting go of that like yeah that kind of like force to make something perfect yeah you get something incredibly unique and like mm-hmm. artistic out of it yeah that's really cool it is, it's like almost like a meditative kind of thing yeah it's it's relaxing and yeah. photography is supposed to be relaxing and not supposed to be like I have to make the perfect looking image right and yeah especially when it's like a photo walk or, or are you doing it for pleasure you know? yeah 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 yeah, interesting. I would also say um, at this point, um, we, I would be remiss if I didn't say that we, we do miss um, Andy Adamas and John Henry Keenan, who are not with us today. Um, they are back in Chicago holding down the fort, keeping things moving uh, as we are, are out um, in the field. So we'll be back soon with them, and we'll have, we have some fun topics coming up. So oh, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be interesting. We've also been talking about um, some things that we're going to try. We've been talking about it for a while. And we're going to try to get it kicked off this year, which would be that Vintage Lens show, um, which would be a little bit different than the podcast, but might tie in a little bit to it and would require us uh, to film a bit. But hey, that's our day job. We do it pretty well, I'd like to think. <laughs> and so it's kind of the next natural thing once we get past audio is like, hey, let's let's shoot some video. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are some some things that may be coming down the pipeline soon. We, we kind of have to iron out some of the, the details and and work out the kinks we're all looking forward to it oh yeah Yeah. should be a lot of fun so anything else new that you've been shooting looking at in terms of anything new no but i want to get into large format oh yeah yeah. talk about meditative Mm -hmm. there you go i can cody is the kind of guy where i could easily see him with like a four by five field camera around his neck and he just like walk be walking around so casually like Like, does that not hurt your neck (laughs) yeah but like four by five man (laughs) like it's it's worth it yeah (laughs) absolutely yeah that would be a lot of that that's something i want to get back into i've done a little bit with um i've got an old graflex but um there's some light there's a lot of light leaks with it it's in pretty rough shape so i either want to i don't know that it's at the point where it can still be repaired it kind Mm. of it, it sat for a long time i'm sure some aspects can be but there's a part of me that wonders if, you know, I just keep that as like a display piece and sure, then pick yeah. up something mm. new, well, not new, but, you know, in good shape that's used. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've, I, in terms of large format, I'm, I mean, I'm always tempted by large format. Mm-hmm. Just the idea of loading my own slides and everything. Yeah. Uh, just, um, it's, it's just so attractive. Yeah. And I always look at the, um, the oh, shoot, I'm forgetting the name. It, they're like wooden built cameras. I mean, there are a few. There's like oh, with Wista uh, makes some. There's shoot. Um, yeah, which, I know what you're talking about. Um, Linhoff. Never good. No, names. it's a new company. It's oh, not like oh. Impossible, but yeah, it's something yeah, along yeah. those no, lines. No, I think I've seen that one. Um, where it's it's only a couple hundred bucks, isn't it? Yeah, they're cheap. They're pretty cheap. Yeah. And, and is that sans lens or is it? Does that it, is without a lens. Okay, yeah, so you buy the with, lens separately. Yep. But so you get you know all the you know if, if you're not familiar with four by five, there's a lot of parts that go into it but essentially you get the bellows and mm-hmm. you know your ability to focus and set up you know all your movements you know tilt 
rise, all that kind of stuff. That's so so cool. <laughs> it is, yeah. And they're they're made in the USA. They're they're really cool stuff. You know, mm-hmm. manufactured and engineered by people who really really care about four by five and eight by ten. So yeah, that's the kind of a direction that I would want to go in. Mm-hmm. Well, and the for nice sure. thing, too, about that format is it's been around forever. So, yeah. I mean, you can find it rather than like, oh, it's, a, you know, a, a mount that only fits Mamiya or something oh, that sure, only fits yeah. on a Pentax. But isn't I mean, it can... limiting? Well, yeah, but it's in a good so way. Limiting. Well, I mean. But in terms of what lenses you can Landscapes, get. portraits. Yeah. Um, like. You're not going to shoot like a race are... with it, but. Sure. I mean, you but... could, though. I mean. You... I, I'm pretty sure I actually saw an article a while back, this is like a few years ago, but about someone that was shooting 8x10 at, at uh, like, like a... NASCAR or something? No, it wasn't NASCAR, it, although I could see that too. That would be interesting. That would be very interesting. Um, it was um, like a the Kentucky Derby. Okay, that's cool. That's so cool. Like it, it fit with the, the yeah. personality of the event too, which was really interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, no, 4x5, you, obviously you, you, you approach the image making process differently with each format. Mm. Um, mm. For sure, mm-hmm. yeah. you're, you're not going to shoot the exact same thing with a point and shoot that you would with a four x five camera. Yeah. And I think there's, it's just like discerning what formats work well with those different formats is what's mm-hmm. what's important. Mm-hmm. A buddy of mine in um, southern, well, not really southern Indiana. He's kind of a little bit south of Indianapolis. Tim Porter. He shoots a lot of four x five. So he's yeah. got. I think it's a Speedmatic. It's not a. Okay. What um, it's a Graflex okay. too, but his is in much better shape, and he actually he does a lot of home developing and stuff like that. But um, yeah, he shoots four by five. I've got some pictures. I think actually one of the most recent blog articles up on our website uh, mm-hmm. has it, there's a picture of him shooting four by five. So to home uh, develop that too. Oh, oh yeah, gosh. I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine. I've never actually home developed it. I've, I was always too afraid. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to have the whole tray set up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think you can do. A- they do make uh, little holders for four by five developing within uh, Patterson tanks. Oh, really? You have to have a, the taller Patterson tanks, but they do make little holders for it. Yeah, I've seen them. Oh, okay. um, I don't. I haven't done a whole lot of research, so if they're trash, I I, I don't know. But yeah. um, I have seen Gilbert them. For completely sure. recommends them. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> if it Endorses. doesn't work for you, he will pay for for you to uh, you know send it to him. So yeah, 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 yeah. buy it right off you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I pay for good reviews only. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so what's new with you, Brandon? Okay. okay yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't. I um, hope you haven't bought anything. No, that's the fun thing. I haven't. This might be oh, the first gosh. podcast where I have not bought a camera thing. What's since, What's your camera count? Oh gosh, I don't know. I have See, Pelican cases full. Of it. <laughs> no, I know. Well, there's there's some that I just display um, that are all. I think they're all functional. Um, the only camera that I have that isn't functional is a, an old Canon One V. Um, mm. There was a great camera, but when we were in Ireland filming, it, it got knocked off and hit the ground, and it's never functioned the same again. So, mm. And with those things, it, it, it's a mechanical, not a mechanical thing, sorry, it's an electronic thing. Yeah. And so a lot of those cameras, no one, I mean, people don't service them. Yeah. And if they do, you know, you're going to you're going to be paying three, $400 to get, you know, a new whatever in, installed in it. So I just bought a new one. Yeah. Um, not the case with, you know, like a... A mechanical camera, which is actually why I, I, I think a lot of photographers, including me, I, I favor mechanical cameras as much as I can, just because mm. um, mm-hmm. I have honestly had very few electronic cameras without issue. Yeah, Either yeah. they burn through batteries like nothing else, which is common, or I have issues with them. Like even my Mamiya six four five. I know. I'm sorry. Don't I don't think it. it's with the camera. It's with the viewfinder, though. 
Um, it's I had one of the uh, viewfinders. Yeah, the auto viewfinder. The, right? the viewfinder, yeah, that that uh, has the auto exposure. So it's it's um, you know through the lens um, auto exposure, uh, and it it would consistently like it started a little bit at first and it was kind of annoying mm-hmm. um, where it would you know it, it would show me what it was going to take and then I'd take the shot and suddenly rather than like one sixtieth or one one twenty fifth I'd get like one third of a second oh, gosh. exposures and so it was like and these are handheld so it's like incredibly shaky and all over the place <laughs> Dang. and that, it did it every now and then i was like that's really weird i wonder what the deal is and then it started to do it more frequently where it would be like one every three shots mm. and so suddenly Jeez. that's why now i've got a waist level viewfinder on it that's non-mechanic that's non-electronic it's just yeah. you know the the magnifying glass mm. because i got i got so tired of wasting film I'd, I'd have you know three rolls of film and basically that brought it down to two at most yeah. because of the issue sometimes it would do it two or three times in a row so um love mechanical cameras um in terms of recently i don't know i've been I, i've been doing a lot more with a variety of film stocks partly because i'm running low and i've been trying mm-hmm. not to spend too much money lately yeah uh, so rather than just picking up more of the stocks that i i have um you know loved and, and know that they are going to function the way that i want them to i'll pick up you know I'll see something on eBay for like a bunch of expired film that's like a Kodak Max from yeah. whatever year, yeah. and it's like five bucks. And so I'll pick up a bunch of that and just you know mess around with it, or um, you know, so or I'm kind of going through my old stock of, of just uh, rolls of film that people have given me, or rolls mm-hmm. of film that I've accumulated over time that maybe I don't particularly like the stock, and so I just never shot more of it, um, or maybe I just happen to have a random roll sitting around. So question: Have yeah. you ever shot with one eighty five? One eighty five. I don't think I have. It's it's a unperforated uh, thirty five millimeter film. Interesting. Essentially, okay. And so like the Pony one eighty five. Is I, that what you have? Well, I I got one. I haven't actually gotten a chance to buy the film, um, but yeah, I know. Where do you get it? That eBay. Okay, so Literally, it's, it's eBay, not, yeah, it's not currently made, made. anymore. Okay, oh, I wasn't yeah. sure if it was like a Lomo product because I could see them. I doing could totally something. see them doing that. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Because you have a couple of ponies, don't you? I do. I, well, I have two. Okay. I have the thirty-five and then the uh, one eighty-five. Hmm. So is it a larger negative because there's no perforations? It is interesting. Yes. Interesting. Um, uh, from what I understand, at least probably not by a ton, but maybe maybe it makes a bit of a. T- I mean, I mean, I'd be curious to see the negative size of that compared mm. to like six, four, five. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a difference still, but I, I wonder by how much at that point. Yeah. Very Probably takes out a little bit of the. But I'm pretty sure it has the backing as well, just like 120. Oh, oh wow. really? So it's yeah, paperback. It, no, it's cool. Yeah, I really want to try shooting with it. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So huh. I'm recommending you try shooting with it. Yeah, so that would then be. I can yeah, face don't give them an phantom. excuse to buy another camera. Oh well, no, don't I mean, do that. No, the next one on my list that'll probably I, I can't say that <laughs> you know it's on the list. No, well, no, I've got like fifteen on the list. Oh so. gosh, no, I've, I I feel like every time you buy a camera, you're like, well, I only got fifteen left, and it's like that's well, that was I, four cameras ago, Brandon. I know, but it should I not still be fifteen. Just, now he's going to be like, well, now I have twenty cameras. <laughs> well, you know, every now and then I'll discover a new camera that's like, how have I not heard about this or seen this? Yeah. Um, I mean, there are a lot. The, some of the the things that I've looked at doing. Um, kind of the next ones that I would want to pick up would be um, I want to pick up an Iconos V. I, I talked about that in the last yep, episode. Yep. Um, just because there's there, I've realized that there are lots of things that I want to do where it's super muddy or super wet mm-hmm. or super sandy, and I'm afraid of taking any of the cameras that I've mm-hmm. got 
to those locations because yeah. I don't want to ruin them, you know? I don't want to have to be buying a camera because I ruined my last one. Partly because, I mean, cameras like the F3, that was the first film camera that I ever bought. And that's served me well for many, many years. Just keeps going. And I, I don't really... You know, I get a, I'm kind of like Rob, where I get attached to my cameras because I've taken that all over the world. Mm-hmm. So um, if I can get something that can get a little bit beat up and wet and all of that, then great. So so that's kind of the next one on my list, which I wouldn't doubt if I had one by summertime, if mm-hmm. I can find a good it deal on makes it. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and what are those, other, Ron, like 600 uh, They're cheaper. You can get them for two, three, two to three oh. in mint condition nice. so they're not as crazy as you would think i gotta look more into those because they they obviously when you search for like waterproof 35 mil cameras they're mm-hmm. the number one or the number two that come up so mm-hmm. well it's interesting because there was a, a the guy that that started well he didn't really start that one exactly but the guy who um, made the first uh rendition of what became the nikonos he was an independent you know um camera maker and nikon basically bought them out oh wow and then turned it into the nikonos series so there were a bunch of them made uh some of them are really interesting the the nikonos v or i don't know does it stand for five maybe sure. it does i don't know um, but that was the last iteration that i am aware of so it, it's um yeah it, it does have some limitations but i'm curious to try it out yeah and yeah see. so um and then the other thing would be just wide format photography so um like six by 17 yep six by i I looked at that yeah um so and it's interesting because you know i started down the rabbit hole with the hasselblad x or hasselblad yeah x or the fuji tx1 tx2 yeah it's basically Mm -hmm. the same thing and you've talked about the wide lux on previous episodes yep which is kind of the the still nice but budget version of that camera um, in a sense, I mean, it's different technology and all of that. Mm-hmm. The, the X-Pan is still uh, the best tech in that it doesn't have a rotating lens. It just has right. a lens that can see really wide. Yeah. Um, but uh, but those are what two, three thousand at least, and yeah. that's usually for they're they're also as we talked about it before, not, they're not mechanical cameras. Yeah. They are electronic. And you're spending, when you spend two to three grand on those, a lot of them are pretty beat up. I mean, you look yeah. at the, the few times that I see them, I mean, there's usually like one, maybe two on eBay. Sometimes you'll see three to five. But what, What's often wrong with them? Like, when, what way? Are they I, don't, I don't know that there's, there's like, oh, there's tons of problems with them. I, I think they're fairly reliable cameras. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of like, hey, there are fewer and fewer people that service them mm-hmm. and if you spend three grand on a camera you could end up with a brick a month later there's yeah. no guarantee that you won't um so i've been looking at some alternatives there are some great videos out there that talk about alternatives to the to that camera um the wide lux f8 i believe is is like the most recent wide lux and it's it's metal you know it's i think it's mechan- all mechanical mm-hmm. uh japanese made um so that's kind of that's up there but then i also found um what were you saying? The six by yeah, Fuji six by seventeen, and it's that is also a very nice looking camera. Yeah. There are a couple on my watch list, but there is not a purchase order anytime soon yeah. because they're about as expensive as getting a uh, an X Pan. Thankfully, mm-hmm. I think they're more. I think they're mechanical. From what uh, I, I'm not yeah, sure. Are they not? I'm not sure. Okay, that'd be that'd be interesting to find out. So that's... I would venture to say more mechanical than the X Pan. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Um, that can there went off. Do a pinhole camera and just set one up thought. for like a year. Yeah. <laughs> just leave Seriously, it there. Yeah. For... No, that's your next camera. Mm-hmm. 
and they get like a light sensitive paper and you put it on the inside and it wraps around and then you can get some pretty cool stuff because you could theoretically make the negative however big you want yeah yeah that is that is definitely true nick nick carver has a lot of content out there on uh, Mm -hmm. six by 17 in like wide format photography he's got uh just a plethora of content about that format Mm -hmm. six by 17 he's a good resource for that nice yeah i mean i've got the tripod and everything set to go for like i have it for large format where it's the geared head and everything right. i made sure i got a decent setup for that so now i just need the camera to go on top but that'll mm. that's more of like a longer term thing sure, i mean yeah. i'd like to get one but i'm not spending two grand or i mean really right now a grand even on you know a wide lux that's in great shape so i think for now my my next purchase is going to be looking at the nikonos v so but at the moment i'm back to uh shooting the nikon f3 not because i got rid of the uh I didn't get rid of the, the Canonet, but um, you know, with travel, I like having the flexibility of the extra lenses sure. and all of that. So, brought the F three with me today. And now that you know we can't go by air, luggage yeah. size is a little bit more exactly. We are flexible. driving all over the place right now. Well, not all over the place. We don't travel that much, but every now and then we we need to cover something. And mm-hmm. right now we're in Baltimore, out of Chicago. So it was a, what an eleven hour drive around yeah, that. It was a while. Like that. And then the plan is uh, it's a drive to New Haven um, tomorrow or, you know, the day afterward and uh, and then back to Chicago after that. So yeah. we may be, may be in Chicago for a little bit after that considering <laughs> yeah. the situation. So might yeah. as well take photos while we can while we're for out. For sure. For mm-hmm. sure. Exactly why I have the Holga toy. It's so light. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Well, so let's talk a little bit then about, uh, um, about our, our topic of the day, which is uh, while Daniel gets another uh, another beverage here, yeah, we, we actually we, we realized that after the last podcast, it's not a bad idea to have a little bit of a drink while you're you know going through. Oh, I can hear that very clearly. Yes, <laughs> while we're so uh, while we're going through all of this, it uh, you know helps the the mood, I guess, yeah. a little bit. So you know, we all hate talking about film, so I guess we might as well drink. Got to relax that. first, you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the topic of the day. I'll let Daniel introduce it in a second, sure. but it's basically why film photography might be bad for you creatively mm-hmm. so why what what is this topic coming from and this very clickbaity topic yeah so it's a bit of a double-edged sword right so uh, one of the things i feel like the most common thing i hear from new film photographers is oh i you know i, li- I love shooting film because it slows me down and i i take less photos mm-hmm. and it's a bit of a jarring thing for me because this whole kind of idea of going into film photography, falling in love with film photography, and then taking a step back and going maybe back to digital for a bit mm-hmm. actually comes from Cody. And it, it 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 came out of nowhere when he brought this up to me because yeah. sitting next to me are the two people that kind of brought me into film photography over the last uh, you know four or five years or so. So the fact that Cody was saying, yeah, you know, uh, we're going on a trip and I'm, I'm not bringing any film cameras. I'm yeah. going to bring this one digital camera. That's craziness. Yeah, I was like, wait, yeah. what? Like, what? I'm I'm bringing a 120 well, camera. Like, what? What are you doing? And then I'm I bringing s- five. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then I started. Well, at my at first, I started doing the the 1.1 megapixel mm-hmm. with a little Kodak Easy Share. So, okay, you got to tell that story. Like, why are you carrying around a 1.1 megapixel so camera? So I I was so tired of everyone saying, oh, megapixels. Megapixels. You got to have the best camera to make the greatest photo. Oh my gosh, you got to do all this other stuff. No, you just need 1.1 megapixel to make a great photo, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, it, and it's so small, it's so light. That thing chews through batteries, by the way. It does. <laughs> oh, my oh gosh. gosh. We had to yeah. stop a couple times to get some batteries. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I was so so tired of, two shooting film and not getting uh, 
yeah, I'd take a while to develop it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted I wanted the immediate satisfaction of digital. And I had shot a digital camera in I think over a year, or maybe at that point. a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I wanted to get my my uh, toes in the water with a yeah. digital camera again. And so I just picked that thing up. Uh, like a co- what was that? A Kodak Easy Share. Kodak Easy Share. Uh, I can't think of the no, I, numbers I, after it or something. I but. definitely resonate with that though because uh, I've got a couple very old, well, relatively old digital cameras. For digital, they're pretty old. One is a Kodak Easy Share. I can't remember. It's, mm. it's like a box. It looks like a floppy disk almost. Yeah. Although it was not one of the models that, that wrote to floppy disk. I remember when those were like oh, gosh. a thing. It's oh, like who came up with I this? I have one of those. You do? That's I do. Awesome. I, I tried to do something with it and it just did not work. Oh, I could gosh. not use it. Yeah. Well, I just remember looking at digital cameras growing up and, and wanting to buy a camera. And some of the options were, oh, it records to CD. Or... Yeah. It records to floppy disk. Yeah, and it's what? like, oh, this choose? is tough. I know, I know, it's crazy. But my uncle actually had a Kodak Easy Share. Is a, a one. It's mm. a Kodak megapixel camera, is what it says on the front. And uh, when he stopped using it because someone got him a you know cool pics whatever that had like five or six megapixels on. Mm-hmm. Which is obviously better. Um, so he, yeah, I mean, <laughs> so then he stopped using it, and I was like, "Hey, can I have that? Could I buy it off of you?" And he was like, well, "Sure, just take it. You know, I don't need it anymore." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and my my I don't shoot with that one really because I don't. If I'm shooting digital, it's usually because someone else needs the photos fairly quickly, and so I'm shooting digital or I'm shooting video. Um, but uh, I keep it around because I'm like, you know, when when my son starts to take starts to take photos. He doesn't need some fancy DSLR. Right. He just needs yeah. to start composing and start working off of an old digital camera. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, it will. He, he can feel a little bit of my pain growing up where, yes, it chews through eight AA batteries and, and, <laughs> and a matter of like 30 shots yeah. um, using more batteries than you could fit like four film packs in that. Yeah. You need to um, get like uh, rechargeable batteries for that. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. yeah. I did for a while, and then those stopped working, and I don't use it enough to keep it up. (laughs) Well, the thing that I noticed about the 1.1 megapixel was I was expecting, and I'm just looking at this on my phone, right? I'm not blowing it up or anything. But when I was looking at it, there was this softness to the image, and that could just be the easy share, like the little Mm -hmm. plastic lens on the front. (laughs) But there was a softness to it that I noticed, and I was like, "This, this feels good. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I'm shooting digital right now, but it feels good. And that's exactly what you should be getting out of your picture is it mm. like when you look at it, there's a softness, there's a richness to the colors that you're getting out of it, and it feels good. And so that's exactly why I shot film for the longest time. And then I, would, I shot the 1.1 megapixel, and I'm like, I, d- I don't know if I want to go back yet. Hmm. Yeah, it was a similar um, feeling. Because I remember when you started sharing those images with me, I was like, these are like awesome images the one uh, and soft even like zooming in on them on my phone or on my ipad there Mm -hmm. was still enough detail there where you could resolve you know the important details similar to like a film image in a lot of ways but Mm -hmm. yeah um but it it, you know you shoot them in black and white in camera or whatever and it's it's contrasty and it's rich and it's it you know it sounds kind of silly to shoot on a camera like that today but it i feel like for you like it was just enjoyable for you to shoot and it was enjoyable for me to shoot with you yeah because it was just so much fun mm-hmm. yeah and, and at that point it feels like another disposable camera and i feel like the more often i make something feel like a disposable camera yeah the more willing i am to shoot and mm-hmm. not be timid with film right well i feel like no matter what type of photography 
you're into, whether that's, you know, film photography, digital photography, landscape, portrait, whatever, I feel like a big thing is always what equipment you're using. Mm -hmm. You know, what Mm -hmm. camera do you have? What are you shooting on? And that both matters and doesn't at the same time. In in one hand, on one hand, like, sure, if you're shooting on an 8x10, you're going to get a very different type (laughs) of picture than if you're shooting on a Kodak Easy Share. There's a, a huge difference there. I, I, you know, in some respects, not at all. Like your framing may be identical between sure. the two, and so that's why, like in some respects, it doesn't matter at all. Like the actual picture in the end, uh, so much of it is is direction. If you're shooting with a you know a, a model or or a person, mm-hmm. um, uh, a model or a person, no, a model or like some <laughs> other person, the hot take like there, right? you know, <laughs> or you know, um, and. It's framing definitely when it comes to like architectural sure. photography and all of that and lighting for sure. What mm-hmm. is a photo without light? Um, but at the same time, there's a certain element of like once your equipment starts to inhibit you or becomes the focus of your photography, then take it out of the equation. Right. So, yeah. 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 So why? So why then? As we're getting to this, why is film photography potentially bad for you creatively? Well, I think in in my case, I found that I was restricting myself. There were all these different angles or perspectives that you could take a picture. And when I had a film camera in my hands, I wanted to get it right. And there was no there was no sense of how can I how can I take this photo, take it back, develop it, review it and make it better. I wanted and that that's the thing when you shoot digitally, you have that immediate look back, and you can go, oh, well, I could shift the composition this way. That would improve the image. Mm-hmm. You don't get that with film. And so there's this hindrance uh, in terms of like creative, uh, I, I guess, exploration. And so when you don't get that creative exploration for a while, it, it really starts to get to me. Hmm. And so I'm, I brought it up to Daniel. And who was it, again, that you were watching that one time, and Ooh, taking so- inspiration from? Uh, Jamie Windsor, um, Nick uh, Carver, Eugene. Oh yeah, Eugene, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we were watching it. I yeah. I showed Cody uh, one of my favorite channels, Art of Photography, and there was a sort of a mini doc on this photographer, um, Eugene Smith, yeah. who over the course of his career shot, I believe it was forty thousand rolls or 40,000 images. An incredible amount of that film. Is, uh, just unbelievable. Not yeah. insignificant. Yeah, over decades and decades and some of, you know, 12,000 I think of those were in Japan and some of those were in Brooklyn with like jazz clubs and all this. So <laughs> it was it's it's kind of like unfathomable amount of images you're yeah, dealing yeah. with at that point. I, I want to yeah. if if it was 40,000 images, I want to know how many I want to do the math on well and, and was he primarily 35 or 120? I believe he was almost exclusively shooting on a Leica. Okay. But okay, then there are true. also pictures of him shooting with like a some sort of Nikon FM or something. Mm. So, okay. Uh, 35, so primarily 35. Yeah. Okay. yeah, a lot of 35. But, so I wonder how many rolls that is. Yeah, but that, well, that's the, that's the thing too is he's shooting all this film and he's getting to challenge himself and explore. And with film being so expensive right now in like this niche market, mm-hmm. it's, it's like I need that exploration. Sure. And could digital be that that way, that through? Mm. And it's weird to say because I the images that I get out of film I love. And 
normally when I shoot digitally, I, I kind of have this bad taste in my mouth because I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, this just isn't the experience I should be having right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know. It's, yeah. I, 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 some, so an important distinction, I think, that needs to be made in your case is that, and I have a, I have a similar, I have some similar stories, but you're, you're coming at it from a, a perspective that I believe is different than most people in, who are taking photos digitally which is you're coming at it from this place of restraint. So you're, you're forcibly restraining yourself by taking less images on film, and you went m- many years doing that. Mm-hmm. And then you're saying, can digital be a way for me to get more practice in a shorter amount of time? Yeah. To practice my composition, to practice my lighting in a way that I can very in very like quick, rep- like repetitive stages. Right improve myself mm-hmm. right and then essentially I, I i believe taking that into film again right taking those what exactly. you've learned back into film which mm-hmm. i think is the opposite of what a lot of people do typically people shoot digitally and they're like oh, i'm going to experiment with a little bit of film here and there and then they go back to digital right so so it's I, kind of opposite yeah. i think it's i think but i think that's an important distinction to make is that you're not saying oh i can take as many images as i want so why why, Why shoot bother less, with film? Right? Yeah, Why shoot no, less? No, 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 no. It is yeah. interesting, though. It's a, it's a, an interesting point because I feel like I actually have done the same thing without really noticing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when I travel, I'll, I'll shoot primarily film, but then there will be some spots that are just so beautiful that I'll make sure I get some digital as well mm-hmm. because there's kind of that lingering thought in my mind of like, what if I take a picture and like the framing of the next one? Like sometimes I can I can spend a ton of time framing and then I get in post and I'm like ah, I wish I would have just panned a little bit to the left mm-hmm. yeah um, or tilted up just a tad so it is interesting that uh, because I, I feel like I will often take four or five exposures on digital and then choose in post essentially which yeah. in some ways some people could argue that makes you lazy other people would say that if you're if you're actually going about it with an analytical eye every time that you might actually be saying, okay, gotcha. So I actually like the way this looks. For example, I like this type of framing when I'm sending it to Instagram or to mm-hmm. a small device, mm-hmm. but I like this type of framing when I'm framing it on, on my wall mm-hmm. or yeah. I'm you know printing it in a 24 by 36 type of type of frame. So, um, And I think it's also, it's also very important, especially just for, like, for my own psyche, to remember that you can go out there and look at contact sheets from Cartier-Bresson and look at what images did he choose to publish and which ones did he choose not to publish. Mm-hmm. And you look at his contact sheets and there's multiple roles with the exact same comp- composition yep. and there's mm-hmm. one he chose to put out in the public. Yeah. How much different is that from shooting 30 images mm-hmm. on a digital camera and deciding, you know, that's the right one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't I mean, know that it's much different. I know it's and different tools, different that's generation. A, that's a really good point. It is, is, yeah. Because when mm-hmm. it only costs you three dollars, or I, I can't remember. I, I remember my parents developing film plenty, taking it to Walmart, and you know yeah. having having them do same day developing and all so of that. Easy. And it, and it was so cheap. Yeah. Um, and so when it when it was the norm, when film was everywhere and every place from CVS to you know your your local. I don't know, liquor store developed yeah. your film. I don't know that they ever did that, but but hey, there is a beer that will develop your film. That's true. Hey. I mean, maybe that's what we need to be drinking. <laughs> um, but when everybody did it, everybody took a ton of photos. Yeah. 
And granted, not as mu- not as many as digital. I think we've certainly escalated that. But there was a lot more experimentation and a lot more just like, hey, I'm mm-hmm. going to take multiple shots and see which one I like better yeah. right. in the end. So, right. yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's it's mind games for me because I could go back and forth on it in my own head over and over and over again. When I travel, I always have a digital camera with me. I always have my Fuji. Yeah. Because it fits into basically any pocket. I've always got my phone. Yeah. So and, and I'll use that plenty. I'll shoot raw on I mean, my phone. Dan Tamarkin. Yeah. He's always got his phone. He said that's his primary pocket camera. Mm-hmm. It's his iPhone. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I can't even tell you how many images I've made with my Fuji that I come back to year a year later. And I think, man, that's a good picture. Mm-hmm. Like, I am glad so, I had so, that on me. So what I'm going to ask you is why is it you shoot film? Why not just shoot digital? What is it about film that you... Going back to episode one. Yeah, going back to episode one. Oh, is this yeah. episode? Well, a lot, but a lot has changed since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't even think I own more than cha- being challenged camera. by this question. Almost two years, yeah. Of, of shooting digitally. Mm-hmm. I... It's the same thing. It's mind games, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't... If I'm, if I'm scrolling on Instagram, or if I'm scrolling on r slash analog on reddit if i see an image that's taken on film right and right beneath that there's an image that was secretly taken on a digital camera with a film emulation and some film grain on it i'm probably not going to know the difference Mm. but i like to know that my like efforts were put to something that's a little bit more Mm -hmm. hands-on and i think part of that is i've talked about this in the past creatively i need something to separate my work mm-hmm. my work Same. work from Same. my personal like pleasure work mm-hmm. and film is the perfect way of doing that because i can literally create my images from you know inserting the film into my camera to drying the film and scanning it and that's an aspect of it there's a lot more to it um a lot of it is the slowness and the few the, you know i years and years of having hard drives bogged down with images that I'd never even like look yeah. at. I look yeah. at them in Lightroom once and I say, nope. And then it's gone. I never yeah. look at it again. And with film, even if it's just a picture of my buddy and it's a little blurry and it's a little out of focus, but it's like, Oh, that's a cool picture because mm-hmm. it, the, the imperfections, man. it was one of 12 on that role. Right. You well, know, like it just matters more to me. And I prof- professionally, it doesn't matter more, but mm-hmm. to me it does. And that's important. Well, I think it's important too, to bring up the fact that, that what we are talking about right now is not technically in it is not technically contrary to what we have said before yeah. you know we people talk a lot about like oh is digital better well you can take a ton of a ton of photos yeah uh, well film is better because it's it's more organic and you you take more time it can be both and yeah i mean it can be both yeah and i think the reason i think this supports why we shoot film is because your point about digital is or or your point about film is that it costs so much to do it and we can't just uh, for one thing it costs a lot you can't just run through you know the um the you know 30 rolls of film in a day without racking up the cost you also can't see those right away and get instant um you know feedback on your shots yeah and for the same that's reason, a whole batch of chemicals there yeah oh Dirty yeah rolls no and yeah. and for the same reason that that is beneficial to practicing the alternative the other side of that the the fact that you don't see your photos right away the fact mm-hmm. that it does have um risk and cost to it is why people shoot film yeah 
it's it, because it is a bit more precious mm, um, yeah. and so and not not that we're advocating like oh you know the only use for a, a digital camera is as practice for shooting film I mean I, that's, I have lots of professional work on digital yeah and and I, I just but I think like for personal use that's how I typically would do it if I um, you know if I'm going to be taking out digital I would if I had the chance to get the best image on film yeah. I probably would just because I feel like it, it, it does feel more organic and has you know more effort put into it and all of that but um, mm. I think there are definite benefits to digital yeah uh, even for a film shooter yeah it, it, I think it's important to take a step back from the pedestal I think that film photography can create mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. people and and just remember that an image is an image yep you know and mm -hmm. and you yeah, know. we did just talk about in, in one of the blog posts that pretension has no place in film photography that's like, true the idea of film photography is to create art and to work together. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you sit there and act the, like you're better than someone else because of either the camera you're shooting or the way that you're capturing the image, um, you know, there are certain aspects where it's like, okay, maybe I put more effort into my film, um, into my film image than someone else did who threw it on auto and just snapped a shot as they sure. were walking by. But in the end... It doesn't make the photo any worse. Correct. Correct. So yeah, and we've made the comparison before, and I'll make it again. It's the same reason that I chose to buy a car with a manual transmission. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it isn't faster. It is marginally more fuel efficient. It's much worse for my passengers. I just <laughs> like it more, and so I'm gonna do it. Yeah. I just like yeah. it more. Mm -hmm. It's fun. I just like it more. Yeah, it's fun. It's exotic. Yeah. yeah. No, it is interesting because I, I I've definitely I don't use. A digital camera nearly as much as I used to. I still take a decent amount of photos every year uh, for personal use, but a lot of them too are photos that I'm not sure I am going to want to keep later on. Um, um, photos where it's like, oh, this is. And I think you mentioned this before too, where it's you know sometimes it's like I don't know if I'm gonna want to keep this photo. And with film, you don't even take it. And I've said that plenty of times where. You know, I'll be in a situation, I'll raise the camera up, and I'm like, eh, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. And I'm, yeah. I'm glad that I have those situations where I, I don't just take every, you know, every photo and then they end up on my computer and I don't care about any of them. Yeah. I, I care about my film images. But at the same time, there are also times when I have taken lots of, I've taken digital images that I thought were going to be terrible and I end up in, you know, editing them in post. And I'm like, huh. I, I wouldn't have thought that would have turned out well, but the colors and you, you yeah. discover some new things. Glad I snapped it. Yeah. 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 So there's a little bit of both. Yeah. It's interesting. And I, I don't know, too, shooting shooting digitally versus, uh, you know, shooting film, when you're developing them, right, you go in and you, you're using chemicals. And if you're not as, uh, I guess, practiced in it, you don't know what chemicals to mix to get these different effects, definitely for prints or anything like that. So when you're going in and you can edit something digitally, there's so much more freedom there as well. So what do you what do you think about that comparison? Um, kind of the post work in both. Okay, yeah. I I'm gonna say it again, and I'm a broken record, but <laughs> I I live very much in my own head, and it's just mind games. Like again, if I had the exact same result. And you didn't tell me how I got there, and one of them was film, and one of them was secretly digital. Mm -hmm. I would be like, "Yeah, both are equally good." But in the moment, if I'm editing something in Lightroom and it's digital and it's not, it's just not feeling right. I get so frustrated. Yeah. And if it's film, and I'm, I'm like, you know, I might tweak the, uh, 
the you know the primaries just a little bit. I might tweak my colors just a little bit because I I want that blue less saturated, or I want that orange a little bit more red. I don't see it as a fault of film. I see it as you know maybe I'll just make it a little better, mm-hmm. and. I see it as like, well, film is film, and you know, if I can make it a little bit better, then that's all I can do. Like, that's that's about what yeah. I can do as the artist. It's mm-hmm. like I can improve mm-hmm. it to the point that I can. Um, and it, with digital, because there's almost infinite flexibility, I just go nuts trying to figure out what is what it what the image ought to look like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with mm-hmm. film, I feel like it kind of informs me on its own, kind of mm-hmm. what it ought to look like, and then I yeah. just try to help it get there. Yeah. You know? And so a, it's just mind games. Is that a cheat code? Yeah. I don't know. I, it, for me, it is because I just I get the images that I feel like. Well, I think there's a lot of I should get. You it's, know, it's kind of like um, I don't know. It's it's a similar sort of thing I think to you know we we have these uh, for digital cameras and, and cinema now. There are cameras that have such crazy latitude and, and you can adjust so much in post, and so mm-hmm. you walk into them with this uh, this kind of like oh I'll fix it in post yeah. type of thought, um, and it's not that film doesn't give you this a similar flexibility is that you have to approach it differently you do more when when we're shooting like a a bad cinema camera you do more prep work in the beginning to choose you know your lighting scenario to see to figure out how to light it to choose maybe um you know the the type of you think about the types of post work you're going to be doing so that you can expose for it properly and all that it's not apples to oranges here but you know if you're if you're shooting film, you will likely choose your stock, whether mm-hmm. it's color or black and white, and what type of color and what mm-hmm. type of black and white based on the situation, and then tweak from there rather than I'm going to take a, an image, and I can make it either black and white or color depending on the circumstance, yeah. and then adjust what type of film stock it looks like. You do a similar amount of tweaking, but it's before the image with film, and it's after the image with digital. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not bringing lighting and all of that into it, but it's just an interesting yeah. thought. Yeah. I don't know. Where, where, where is your take on this, Cody? Because you, you develop and scan your own film. You have for num- like at least what, at least two years now. Yeah. And, you know, well, how I, does digital play into that? <clears throat> well, I think inevitably we always are – there's this kind of emotional value that we're kind of drawn to with film whether it be the colors that kind of get reproduced out of it or the, just the uniqueness or the flaws in the image. And I think that we so often try to make our digital images look like film. And so almost always, I feel almost like, always yeah, that's what I'm doing. I mean, even, even in, uh, cinema. Yeah. I mean, films are, they're trying to replicate these film stocks often. Mm-hmm. That's why Airy commands such a, uh, a high, I mean, aside from all the great things about the camera, but part of it is that you can make it look like film. Almost yeah. one-to-one. Which is, is not something that a lot of other, I mean, as great as, you know, Red and Black Magic and all of those are, they don't have quite the same qualities of, like, matching film yeah. as the Aerie or Aerie. Yeah, or the, the film image is just, it's more than just celluloid or, you know, pixels, definitely, when I mean, on a screen or something like that. It's... A moment that's been I mean, imprinted if on. If you're looking at eight by ten, there certainly ain't no pixels there, on that there's screen. No it's just nothing but clarity right After there. After you scan yeah. it, there is. Well, okay, you know what I mean. You're like right more than a hundred million mm-hmm. pixels, but yes, there are still pixels. You're not seeing. It. You're not seeing the individual pixels, though. Yeah. 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 Sure, we'll go with that. Yeah. Whether it's on a screen or printed, you know, what I mean, yeah. it's you're trying to make it look like film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that, that plays into the kind of the mind games I was talking about, where it's just it just 
it eats at me that I'm not doing it the right way. And I know that's borderline pretentious, but it uh, I think it matters to me. Sure. No, well, it I definitely think does. It may not be the right way, but I think there's there's a certain element too of like, you know, I've brought up before what's better. Uh, a photograph or a painting. Technically, the photograph is like more accurate, more accurate, mm. but the painting is is a, a higher caliber sure. of art, according to you know, uh, relatively. I mean, if you say, "Hey, I'm a photographer," and then someone actually says, "Hey, I'm a painter," what sounds more impressive? Like, there's, there's the painter is almost certainly, unless the photographer is famous, yeah. um, the painter is going to command this kind of higher. Uh, air about them I suppose sure. yeah. um, just because it yeah. seems like it's harder um, so photography is kind of a step back towards the painterly kind of qualities yeah so and kind of what you're saying talking about like digital and films like I don't know that there's like a right way but there there is a way that maybe some people might consider to be a higher caliber of sure. like there is more art or skill involved in this because sure. you know so I'm not saying that's necessarily the right way to look at it but I think that's there is yeah more Definitely. of a brush stroke like quality. Yeah. Yeah. I think if anyone says this is the right way to do photography, they're wrong. They better be talking because about 8x10. They, well, they better be talking <laughs> about 8x10. But yeah, I mean, any time when it's an art form, I mean, that's one of the things that, that uh, you know, you, will, you won't find too many art students. Now, maybe you will, but not at the, the places that I went to that had straight A's, where you, would, you will find more math majors who do because art is subjective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Art, it's not something that... You can create an, an art piece and everyone goes, oh, yep, that's perfect. Uh-huh. Even the best films, even the best photographs have critics about them. Mm-hmm. Um, things like math, it's either right or it's wrong. Uh, and so, you know, with, with art, any anytime someone says it's the right way to do it, it's like, that's that's BS. Yeah. There are Brandon so many, Stanley? That's, that's so Brandon <laughs> Stanley. So as we're talking about these pros and cons, essentially, of, of digital and film, I, I feel like I kind of want to prescribe this to our to our listeners, like, Maybe just pick up a digital camera if you're been if you've been shooting film for years, you know, without shooting digital, or even if you've been shooting a little bit mix of both. Maybe take a day, go on a walk, shoot digital, and and just really kind of craft those images just to remind yourself of what that is like. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a possibility it'll make you a better film photographer. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up there. Uh, we've been talking for a little bit, so hopefully you, you have enjoyed this um, this little pocket episode, um, kind of away from the the typical gang. We miss you, Andy and and John Henry, uh, but we'll be back in town very soon, and we'll have another typical episode. And who knows, maybe maybe Cody will be sticking around, or will become a regular on the show. We never know. You have me. Never know. <laughs> All right, so as always, feel free to check out thatvintagelens.com. Also, be sure to check out our, our Instagram, at thatvintagelens. Um, and in the future, we do have a YouTube page. We don't have much on it right now, but hopefully we'll be getting a, a few episodes of you know a new show over this next year or so. So uh, stay tuned. Keep following us on Apple Podcasts or wherever, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot for listening.